turn the volume down. Okay. The uh, the playback volume is that slider right there that's under the cord. That's the the one that's all the way down. But we don't need it. It's like SpongeBob SquarePants, you know, whenever he was uh he went to visit Sally for the first time and he was like, oh, I don't need it. I don't need it. Welcome to another episode of Eat, Chit, and Dice, a fortnightly podcast about board games and sometimes food. I'm Jondi, and with me, as always, is that other guy. That's me, other guy. This week we're talking about... Uh, so you have to read the other parts, but I'm going to read Games We Don't Grok. What does that mean, Jondi? Um, it says, Editor's Note. Grok means understand on a fundamental level, and... I, meaning Jared, really like the way this alliteration flows. Editors, note, note, notes, note. Alliteration means sounding, repeating, sounds repeating. Yeah. AKA games we don't get. Uh, <laughs> so what, what I did was it, it says either, either we are obviously doing something wrong because everyone else thinks this is a great game or something, but I've read the rules of Andor like 20 times and I don't know. So we like Andor. Yeah, Legends of Andor. Legend of Andor is a really fun game. Previously published by Fantasy Flight, currently published by Cosmos. But it seems like every time we play just the just the tutorial campaign of it, we can't even beat that. Okay, so here's the issue, right? And spoilers, if you've never played Legend of Andor, it's a campaign-style game. So I'm going to give you spoilers for the introductory campaign, um, which, get over it. Uh, if you don't want to hear the spoilers, pause right now and then look at the timestamp on the episode notes to go to the next game. OK, so here's the deal. Like when you're playing the intro scenario, you flip over the final legend card is what they're called. And it says like, oh, there's there's some trouble. You have to take this letter from our castle to the the people that live in the forest at the like, I don't know, they're druids or something. Um, here's the deal, though, right? Every time you fight an enemy, you advance the time tracker. And after a certain amount, when the time tracker gets to a certain spot, you automatically lose. The card says you can't end your turn or enter a space that has a monster. So people have to fight the monsters to like clear the path. But when you kill the monsters, you advance the time track. So there's no way mathematically, unless I'm doing something wrong and have been doing something wrong for the past 12 times I've played the game. There's no mathematical way to actually complete the <laughs> intro scenario. You can drop the scroll. You can pass it off to another player. You just can't end your turn in a space with a monster. You can't enter a space with a monster. If a monster catches you or the person that has the scroll... You immediately lose. If you kill too many monsters and advance the time track too quickly, you automatically lose. What do you do? How do you beat it? How do you win? <laughs> like, I've bought I've bought all the expansions to this stupid game. I super like it. I just don't know what I'm doing wrong. Right. Like you, we have to be doing something wrong because this is just the intro scenario. <laughs> You're supposed to think about onions. <laughs> If you're about to sneeze, you have to think about onions. That's what Kat taught me. Um, so uh, technically, I have one time beaten the intro scenario. Did you cheat? Um, a little bit because it was the first time we played and we didn't realize you couldn't buy items. So we bought like a messenger hawk 
and you can use that to transfer items between players that are not in the same square. So we did that because we're like, oh, this is really easy. We'll just use the hawk and I'll go to the forest and you can fly the item to me. And um, oops, you're not supposed to have bought items. Well, there you go. So, yeah, if somebody listening um, hears this and thinks and says, hey, you guys are doing something wrong. Please tell us because if you designed Legends of Andor and want to tell me that I'm an idiot and tell me how to win (laughs) your game. Because um, it'd be great if we could not be playing the intro scenario anymore. Look at this, John. Look at this. And there's another box somewhere. Like, look at this. This is like four expansions worth of stuff. Yeah, I mean. Oops. <laughs> okay, if if Michael Menzel, if you listen to our podcast, tell tell me what we did wrong. Are you taking a picture of me standing up right now? I dropped all of Drop Mix on the floor. So, oops. <laughs> well, okay. Great. Great. Um, but yes, Legend, Legends of Andor. Andor? Andor? Whatever. Hear the story. Live the legend. I don't know. I don't know or what we're doing. Or die the legend. Or, or, or die trying to take the stupid parchment. <laughs> okay, well, that ends the spoilers for this game. But, but no, I'm legitimately curious if we're doing something wrong. If there's some rule that... I don't know. If you've played Legends of Andor and have beaten the intro scenario correctly without cheating by buying a magical hawk, what'd you do? How'd you do it? Hollywood stars, who are they and what do they know? Let's talk about them. I'm going to clean up Drop Mix right now. John D., what other games do you you not get? Well, we've mentioned it before. I don't. I have to preface this by saying I don't hate this game by any means. And I will play it if other people want to play it. But I don't get all the love for a love letter. I don't understand why people love that game so much. Um, It's fine. It's not an awful game by any means. But why do people love it so much? I mean, somebody explain this to me. It's just not it's not this wonderful super awesome game it's i don't get it i also found a magical treasure on the ground it's an anti-thirst pass two pieces a board board game game cafe cafe. um i like love letter i don't know why there's 50 different versions but that's another one of those games they can just slap a license on it which i also kind of think is stupid i get tired of just games where they slap licenses on them or whatever i mean it's just an excuse to make money which i get that's fine that's why the, not make money that's the entire reason that a business exists i know to make why money. not make money it's fine drop mix is another game i don't understand the hype behind because it always just falls on the floor and and busts open and then you spend like 20 minutes cleaning it up and going ugh. You're just being stupid now. What What did I do? What even is this? This isn't even the right set. Oh, it's this one. Um, no, 
I don't know why you don't like Love Letter. I mean, it's just it's just meant to be an easy, quick game. It's not there's not supposed to be any depth to it. I mean, I don't I don't not like it. I, I like I said, I don't not like the game. I just don't understand all the love for it. It's just there there's so much hype around the game and I don't understand all the hype. I don't know if there is that much there hype. There was when the game came out. I mean, it's kind of died down now, but there was a lot of hype when the game came out, and I don't understand all the hype. So I think that may have been because it was one of the, not one of the first, but one of like, one of the earlier popular micro games. Because the game only has a couple cards. Right. And, uh, you know, that was a new kind of thing that a lot of people hadn't really experienced before I mean people do still seem to like the game a lot and I don't I don't dislike the game I don't I just I just don't understand why people like it so much sure that makes sense I don't understand sure the love for it I don't dislike the game and if people are like oh I really want to play love letter I'm not gonna go oh please don't make me play it I'll play it so did you have a bad experience with love letter no. or you just you just don't think that other people are right when they say that, they, that it's a good game I don't even think it's a bad game I just don't think it's a great game okay okay well now I want to I want to make sure that everybody listening that all three of you understand we're not saying that these games are bad no. except for one of them that we'll get to um, just because I've played a game 20 times and haven't ever had fun playing it doesn't mean that it's a bad game. It just means that maybe it's not a game that that is for me to enjoy. I mean, I would say I don't necessarily hate most of these games. <laughs> I just don't understand like love letter. I just don't love it. Sure. Is that that's not even on the list? Oh, there it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> okay. Um, no, I, I just think that Love Letter got really popular because it's cheap. It's like ten bucks. Um, it's a tiny little bag, or I guess if you got one of the box versions later, it's a small game. It's like what sixteen cards, something like that. And you can take it with you anywhere and play it anywhere. So I mean, I get it, but um, it's not like there's a lot of strategy or depth to it. So. It's fine. I guess your concerns are valid. All right. Are you ready for my rant about One Night Ultimate Werewolf? Yes. That was not on the list. Yes, it is. That's what O-N-U-W is. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. So, Jondi really likes it. She thinks that it's really good. It's her favorite game of all time. What's my favorite game of all time? Uh, I wasn't going to cut out the thing that I just said. I wasn't cutting out my preface. That wasn't a question to you. That was a questions to questions. I, uh, yeah, I know. I want to know what my favorite game of all time is. One Night Ultimate Werewolf. Oh. <laughs> okay, look, here's the, here's my rant. Okay. So you are dealt out a pog that has your roll on it. You look at the pog, you put it back down. Everybody closes their eyes. People do stuff. And then you go, well, OK, look, 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 I, look, I know I was a werewolf. I have no idea what I am now. Well, OK, so. OK, so if you're accused of being a werewolf, well, I don't know. I know that I wasn't a werewolf. I know that I was a villager. 
but then my role got moved, so I have no idea what I am. So yeah, I might it, be a werewolf, e- even if the seer looked at the werewolf things and said, "Okay, yeah, I know who's a werewolf. I know Johnny's a werewolf." But then somebody uses their power to switch roles, to switch roles, and yeah. then you're like, "Well, Johnny's a werewolf," and then you're, "Oh, Johnny was never a werewolf." I don't know because everybody's pogs got magically moved around, and you don't get to look at them every time and go, "Am I still a werewolf?" No, I'm not. Okay. You just, well, oh, what's the point? What's the point? Well, okay. Even if somebody knows for a fact that you are a werewolf and then your role gets switched, what's the point? Oh, okay. We caught the werewolf. Yay. Oh, we didn't because whoops. Turns out it was a villager because the role got changed. So I I guess I'm, I lost. Okay. So if you're going to play a stupid werewolf game, right. This one's better than regular werewolf. Okay. I mean, I get it. it. You know, it only takes like five minutes to play. So it's not like you wasted hours like with regular werewolf. But but there's th- what's the point of playing it? There's no incentive to lie that you still know what role you have because it doesn't matter. It's a it's a pointless lie. Like, OK, I know I was a villager or I was a werewolf. OK, so let's say I was a werewolf. Well, I'm going to lie and say that I'm a villager. But what's the point? I'm my role card might have been switched well, and now I, I am a villager. There's only one person that has that ability and you can just take that person. You can take that one ability out. I, I mean, I guess you can. I, I don't I don't know if I'm going to play werewolf. We'll just play regular werewolf. This one's way better because you don't it doesn't take 20 hours to play. Right. It. But there's no there's no point in the game. It's like when the game came out and I demoed it, I was like, OK, I got the werewolf card. OK. Oh, OK. Let's all go to sleep. Okay, wake up. Oh, somebody touched my thing. Oh, I don't know what I am. I a werewolf now? I don't know. I vote to kill myself because I was the werewolf. Oh, but I'm not the werewolf anymore. You're the werewolf. The villagers win, but I died (laughs) like (laughs) I'm going to vote to kill myself because I know that I was a werewolf and now I'm not a werewolf anymore. I don't know. (laughs) Right, right. I mean, I hate all the werewolf games. That's fair. But Wait a minute. You said that it's my favorite game of all time. Yeah, it is. So. It is your favorite game of all time, because every time we talk about werewolf or these social deduction games, you're like, why not just play one night ultimate werewolf? It's a way better game. It's than better regular than werewolf. regular werewolf. That doesn't mean. <laughs> I mean, I don't like any of the stupid werewolf of Miller's Hollow or werewolf one night ultimate werewolf. I don't like any of them. But if I have to play one of them, I'd rather play this one than regular werewolf. Here's my main problem with this. The genre of one night ultimate werewolf is social deduction game, right? Uh, yes. Hidden role, social deduction. You can't deduce anything because Will Wheaton or whoever voices the app is like, villagers, go to sleep. Seer, look at the thing. Oh, it's not the thing that you thought it was anymore because somebody moved it. Okay, everybody wake up. What the heck role are you? <laughs> Try to figure it out. The The deduction part of a social deduction game is, is looking at your friend in the eye and going, so, um... There are several. Are you a werewolf or what's going on? Are you Hitler? What's the deal? Are, are you resistance? Are you a spy? So and I've only seen their played reaction. It, I've only played the ultimate werewolf once. <laughs> You've ever game of all time. You only played it once. Yeah. Johnny. yeah. <laughs> um, if I remember right, there's a few different people that have the abilities to look at stuff and move things around or whatever. Right, But if you don't have that ability, you have no idea what role you are. Yeah, that's After true. the one night, you have no possible way of figuring out what happened. In regular werewolf, if you're like, all right, I'm pretty sure this guy's a werewolf. He's been voting really weird. Let's go to sleep. Let's see what happens. All right. Woke up. Well, I suspected that guy was a werewolf, publicly made my case, and then I was murdered in the night. Rest of team. 
what do you think happened during the night? Do you think that I was onto something and therefore was killed for pointing out the werewolf? One at Ultimate Werewolf is just like, well. Look, I never said that any of the werewolf <laughs> games aren't stupid. They're all stupid. Okay. They so are the worst of all the social deduction games. Now, I will fully admit I could be have been playing this game completely wrong. We followed the app. We did what the app said. So I think it's very unlikely that we played it wrong, but it's possible. So if this is your favorite party game of all time and you play it all the time you're and, wrong? You're, and you're like, man, that guy doesn't know what he's talking about at all. You can always every single time, every three seconds, you can look at your role. I don't think you can. No, but, you can't. But like this is one of those games. Where I'm like, I don't understand why people like this. There's you. You can never have complete information. You never can even make an informed guess about what's going on in the game. It just doesn't make any sense to me. There, there's no deduction in the social deduction experience. It's just like, well, all right, I guess let's just at random pick somebody that we think is the werewolf. And it, I don't know, it just really falls flat for me. I don't get it. And that's one night ultimate werewolf. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a dumb game. <laughs> Um, this one's going to cause a lot of controversy, I think. Betrayal at House on the Hill, I think, is only okay. And here's why. It's just overrated, is all. So, almost every single time I've played it, uh, although we did, we I, I have recently played it and it wasn't a terrible experience, but uh, almost every single time I've played it, the person who's never even seen a board game before in their life will be the traitor when the haunt is when you figure out what the haunt is. And that's a problem for me because the rule books are not very well written. There's oftentimes no clear. If you get a haunt that says like, all right, well murder everybody else or whatever. Sure. That's pretty straightforward. You can figure that out, but not all of them are written straightforward. And honestly, about half of the game is, walk into a room, roll dice, see what happens. And while every time I play the game, I do at least have fun. I think the problem is the kind of person that really super enjoys a game like Betrayal at House on the Hill is not the kind of person that wants to play a super heavy story driven board game. They just want to have a dumb Scooby Doo whodunit Let's just have a wacky adventure. They don't don't want to play Mansions of Madness. Right. They want to play a very light role-playing adventure where it doesn't matter who wins. Mm Mm-hmm. And so while I do have very strong opinions about the game and will likely get a lot of flack for this, while it's not my favorite game, I do understand why people play it and they like it. But it has no balance. It's almost all luck driven. Everything is completely random in the game. (laughs) So I don't know. It just it seems like a game that you want to play if you don't like games that have rules, which is fine if that's what you're into. But I want a more structured experience. That's fair. Mansions of Madness, second edition, while it does have its problems, I think does the whole you're in a house and crazy stuff's happening 
better than betrayal does. Also, sometimes you can find the pool on the roof. <laughs> I have not played Mansions of Madness, and I have only watched people play Betrayal, so. Well, there's my rant. Feel free to angry tweet at me. Um, it's at NPR News. <laughs> that's my Twitter. Right. That's not my that's not my Twitter. No, it's at Ira Glass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, anyway, sorry. If you really, really enjoy Betrayal at House on the Hill, you're allowed to. I just... Not only is it not my favorite, it's far from my favorite. Now, I did recently play it, and it was fine. It was fun, but everything that I said was still true. Nothing in the game that I did mattered. Everything was random. Um, I was not the traitor, for once. I ended up... I was the little girl. I had a spear and I did eight dice worth of damage every time I did an attack roll. So I was just walking from room to room trying to get the trader who was invisible. Um, Wait, you were a little girl and yes. you did eight dice uh-huh. worth of damage. Yes. What? I had some items that increased my physical attack to eight dice. That seems thematically ridiculous. Yeah. So the, the bad guy was it was Troy. Um the haunt we had, he was invisible. He had to murder us. So I was just walking from room to room, spinning the spear and attacking everything with it. What are you doing? Get out. Of, get Just sit on the box. It's fine. Um, just for the record, he's talking to his cat, not me. Yes. There's a cat trying to get into a box. Right? She was just like sleeping on top of it. But now she's like, oh, this is this opens. There's something in here. It's not. <laughs> Um, I kind of feel the same way about Settlers of Catan. I'm sorry. It's just called Catan now. It is. Um, okay. So a lot of people. But he doesn't feel that way about Rick and Morty Catan. Right. No, no, no. That's the greatest game of all time. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, April Fool's. Catan is often recommended as an alternative monopoly. It's. People are like, oh, you really like Monopoly? It's the only board game you've ever played. Try this other game called Catan. That's a valid suggestion. Right. Here's the deal. Almost everything that you are suggesting them. The reason that people play Monopoly and then trying to suggest them to play Catan, it gets everything wrong. Catan is too long. It's too boring. It's too slow. There's honestly not a lot of choices. It's not heavy on luck, but there's still quite a bit of luck in the game, which um, there's no theme. There's hardly any strategy or depth. So if you're trying to say, like, you know, modern board games are way better than Monopoly. Try this other game. And people are like, oh, Catan, it's really great. It's so cool. Everything about it is really cool. And then you go, "Okay, but have you tried this game that actually has theme and depth and strategy and is more strategy driven and less luck driven? I feel like if we're trying to wean people off Monopoly, sure, maybe Catan's okay, but it's so easy to get screwed over early in the game and you just spend the entire game playing catch up. And sure, people are going to say like, oh, but it self balances. If you're in last place, no one's going to attack you. They're going to attack the person that has the most resources and is in first place. Okay, but you're telling me nobody's going to be trading with the person that's winning. 
But if I'm playing a game and I see you have a lot of resources, I would like to trade with you. You're not going to go, hey, person that has nothing, let's trade. Yes, sniff my hand. Thank you. Um, so again, cat. Yes. I don't know. It just there's not really a significant catch up mechanic. And if you get blocked early in the game, there's often no way to catch up. And it's I don't kind know. of that way in Monopoly, too. Yes, it is. Which is the point. That's the point that I'm making. If you're if you're trying to say. There are so but many if you better super games. Love Monopoly, well, sure. Then and again, as I said, these are our opinions. This is not a fact that, you know, let me put it to you this way. Catan's been around for, what, 22 years, 23 years, sold millions of copies. Clearly, it's a good game. I don't hate Catan. I just have outgrown. Catan. Sure, sure. And that's fine. But. I don't know. I don't want to spend tons of resources to maintain my lead for two points. Right. <laughs> I mean, there there are other entry level gateway games that you can play that are completely you know, touting Catan as a monopoly killer. It probably was. I mean, not killer because Monopoly's not going. Monopoly's anywhere. not going anywhere ever. No. no. But I don't know. It just. I don't know. I've never had fun playing Catan. I have. So the several few times that I've actually played Catan, I've never had fun. I have enjoyed it. So I I have to disagree with you there. And that's fine. You're allowed to. <laughs> that's the point is these. I'm not speaking in facts here. I mean, that's the whole point of. But then I've also made the point that if I'm going to play Catan, I will play the Star Trek. The Star version Trek one. Because yeah. I think it's better. Yeah. And you'll play know. the Rick and Morty version. That doesn't really exist, yes. but you would totally play it after you made it up because it sounded fun. Well, yes. Uh, I mean, I'd play that. I'd play it. I would play it. I would absolutely play it. If they slapped some theme that I, a license that I really liked on Catan, I'd try it. Once. Yeah. If they were like, oh, check this out. Um, Stargate Catan. I'd play that. I'd. Honestly, I would buy that. I would 100% buy that. I would buy just about any game they slapped a Stargate theme on. <laughs> yeah, so would I. <laughs> uh, now, if, I don't know if that they I'd... did Legends of Andor, but it was Stargate. Oh, I'd buy it. I mean, come on. To be fair, how many of the scenarios that the Stargate team found them on were nearly impossible to get through anyway? Each time you fight a Jaffa, advance the time track. If you end your turn... In the same square that a Jaffa is in while carrying or, the or a Gould. Bomb. Well, it, uh, there would be Gould, yes. But yeah. if you have a, a Naquadria bomb or a Naquita bomb and you end your turn on the same square as them, they're going to take that. Yeah, they're definitely going to take that. <laughs> um, if you've never watched Stargate before, stop listening to this podcast right now. <laughs> go watch it. Go watch All it. All 10 seasons. <laughs> 10 seasons of SG1. Seven seasons. And like three movies. Then there's five seasons of Atlantis and. Um, then who knows what happens because MGM ran out of money and then two seasons of Stargate universe and, and now again, comic book MGM ran out of money. <laughs> okay. Oh, and then, and now there's a web series. Yeah, there's a web series now. Okay. Well, anyway, sorry if Catan's your favorite game, but I hate it. I don't hate it. Hate's not the right word. You dislike it. I strongly. just don't get it. It, it's not fun. Okay, well, that's my rant. I'm going to let you go on a rant now. 
Um, okay, let's see. Which game do I want to rant about? Um, Dominion. Um, so people still say they like deck builders. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I really like deck builders. I, I like deck builders, yeah. So what ga- which deck builder is your favorite? And then they'll say Dominion. And okay. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? To be fair, while not the first deck building game, Dominion popularized it. Yes. And some people honestly don't know, like, what is a Tonto Core? And, okay, that's that's fine. But there are so many deck builders out there that are now so much better than Dominion. Dominion is, is pretty much your basic... It's bare bones. It's bare bones. And, yes, it, it it's, it's your entry level deck builder. And people that say they really like deck builders, and then you're like, great. And then, then Dominion's their favorite. And I'm just like... <laughs> Seriously? Well, I don't know, John. Do some people I've I've had this conversation and they say, Oh, Magic the Gathering. Oh, and that is just not a deck builder. <laughs> like, no. That's that's a collectible card game. That yeah. is not a deck builder. Well, John D, what is your favorite deck builder? Is it uh, Tonto? No. No, it's definitely not Tonto. Oh, jeez. Consume um, Goddess. I do really like that one a lot. That one's a really good one. That one's definitely towards the top. I don't know. You just really put me on the spot. I, I don't know. I have different systems that I really mm-hmm. like. I like the legendary system, but I don't know if that's my, my favorite either. If we're picking deck builders and I have to tell you my favorite, I'm going to say Clank. Oh, God, Clank's really good. I'm yeah. going to say Consume or Clank is probably my current favorite, but I, you know me and how I'm mm-hmm. very fickle. So no, would, not at all. No, no, no. So I would say it changes regularly, but Consume is definitely up there because that's a very different type of system. I really like the chaining in the yeah. The chaining yeah. is really cool. So um, Consume and Clank are are really up there for me. Definitely not Dominion though. I, I'm, I'm sorry, I interrupted your your rant, but. Dominion has a valid place because it really started. Um, I mean, it wasn't the first, but it really, really. It was like the second or third. Well, and it really put deck builders on the board game map, yeah. so to speak. So it has a place in in that genre of board games. But it's it just when people say it's their favorite, I'm just like, what? Why? It's just. Uh, my problem with Dominion is and and this is not this is not a fair statement because deck builders are not multiplayer solitaire games like a lot of people are like oh that's just a, a solitaire game you play with your friends i mean there there is some of them are tonto very few style are very solitaire with i don't know friends. tonto has a, some the take expansions that. have become like the ver- the base one is very solid. I mean, just because there's not very much player interaction doesn't mean you're just playing your own game while your friends are also playing there. But I don't know. Dominion just it feels like there are correct moves, and you can't really deviate from the established that's, strategy. Yeah, that's very true. So, like, okay, there's a meta in a a deck building game that seems weird. Yeah. Like, okay, well, clearly you have to buy this card so that you can engine build into this card and then engine build into these two cards. And then once you have those four cards, you can 
you could argue that Tonto is very similar because yes. Tonto plays yes. similarly to it Dominion. Does. It does. And you're right. And I wasn't going to say that. Um, but yes, you you are correct. Um, Tonto is basically the exact same game as Dominion, except with maids, right. with anime maidos, waifu, garu I mean, friendos. I would, I would argue that because of the theme, Tonto is a little bit more fun. But some people might find Dominion better because they find that the, the, the Tonto theme is distasteful. Yes, there are some so. people that are not offended, but they're... Uh, they have opinions about yeah, the which is theme, which is fair about I mean, the sexy anime have, girl yeah. pictures. You, and that's oh, fair. I'm embarrassed to play this in front of my family because it has sexy anime girls yeah. on it. Like, okay, I, I get, and that's I get fine. That. I mean, it takes everybody to like every different thing. And yeah. I, you know, I think the maids are cute. So, but I like anime, right? So, well, the anime that I like is like Dragon Ball Z and giant robot anime, and I don't think Gurren Lagann. Or, you know, Dan Kuga is going to be on a deck building game anytime soon. Now, having said that, if you own the license to many Japanese mech anime series is and would like to make a smash up style deck building game, please contact me at <laughs> Ira, Ira Glass at NPRnews.com. That's not even close to a real email address. OK. Well, I guess since we're talking about deck building style games and how we hate them and hate the art, Sentinels of the Multiverse. Um, I, I don't think it's a secret. If you've been listening to this podcast for more than two episodes, you know how I feel about Sentinels. Uh, okay. That was a popular one on the BGG list I've, I that I found about um, board games that you don't understand why they're popular. I just don't. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I can get past the art to play Sentinels, but from my experience, you you have to pick pick the right team of heroes. You have to sit in the right positions around the table so that you can chain off each other correctly, or you can't win. And it's just really underwhelming. I feel like there's no feeling in anything you do. Like, oh, I'll play my attack cards. I'll do a really cool thing, and I do two damage. Like, oh, okay, okay, cool. But what really gets me about the game is how little decision making there actually is. Each deck essentially has one way to correctly play it. And if you don't play it that way, you can't beat the, the mastermind, I think is what the bad guys are called. Um, and it's just depending on what you draw. It's like the worst parts of a collectible card game, except for the, you know, pay to win aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it works better as an app. Because you can just pick up and play. You don't have to sit there and look at the 30 plus characters that you have and try to figure out which ones play off of each other. Um, I mean, it's still fun when I play it with the people that I play it with, but I think that's more because of the crowd mm-hmm. and less because of the game. So I don't know what it is if I'm doing something wrong or if legitimately you do have to know. Okay, you're playing the guy that has the ice powers. Okay, he has to play these cards in this order, and he has to be sitting to the left of the robot guy and to the right of... I mean, I don't know. It just seems really broken to me. And I don't think we've ever won short of, like... Um, what's that one? Voss. I don't know. It just... It's not fun to me. And that's okay. But... I don't like it that much. Can we do a story time? Yeah. 
So there, there we were. Origins, 2014. We were in the boardroom, which is the, like, library rental area. Playing a game that I really super like a whole lot. Oh, John D. just figured out what this story is. <laughs> How many times are we going to tell this story? We're going to tell this story a lot. Um, in the game, you pick up parts as quickly as you can <clears throat> to build a spaceship. Now, from the outset, you know this spaceship's going to fall apart. It's going to get blasted. It's going to fall apart. You're going to lose. Halfway through picking up parts to build the spaceship, Johnny just goes, uh, we're done and dumps everything back in the box. The name of that game? Galaxy Trucker. Is that how you remember it going down, Johnny? Do you have a different take on the story? I don't think I was as calm as just to go, oh, we're done. But pretty sure I stood up and... You know, I didn't flip the table, but I'm pretty sure I flipped my board. <laughs> I was like, this game is stupid and flipped my board over and dumped everything in the box. And I was like, I hate this game. But because uh, it was like you couldn't you couldn't get the part that you needed to fit into like. I don't remember. Exactly, I couldn't but, get any of the pieces to fit where they needed to go. Right. And, but that's the point of the game. That's the whole entire point of the game. Is that the ship is going to fall apart and break. And like all the real time stuff was like, I just couldn't deal with it. I, okay, I will admit that when I played the app version with you, yeah, I, I dealt with that far better. The app is designed a little bit differently. Yes. There's, there's, there's more turn based. And I did not feel nearly as, um, I didn't feel so anxiety <laughs> driven and I did not want to. Uh, hurt people when I I didn't want to like flip your phone when we played the app. All right. I I really, really enjoy galaxy trucker, but I enjoy it for what it is, which is just a silly game where you design a spaceship that can't possibly stay together whenever it's being um, shot at by other alien spaceships. Uh, There's a, a, a meteor shower happening and oh no, you just lost half of your ship because a meteor hit it and it exploded. And oh, oh, you have to send some of your crew to, to this planet to get supplies. And oh no, it was a trap. And that I, everyone that you sent died. And now you have one guy left on your ship. I guess I can understand why the game is popular, I guess. (laughs) And I guess that I'm upset that I don't like it because I like space games. Right. And you have, promised to try this game again well only because the comedy because i think we have promised that we will actually do video of most of the games that we do real time yes because of the comedy factor and it will give us some video content for our youtube channel yes and i don't think those will be safe for work because johnny's gonna probably not johnny's gonna lose her cool and say some bad words i probably (laughs) will um but you know, I put it on the list because I don't know, because I wanted to. Fair enough. That's fair. I mean, that why else would you put it on the list? Just like Bonanza, the worst card game I've ever played. No, you 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 have to admit when we played this game at Origins that same year, we all liked it. Bonanza problem, is fun. It is a really fun game. The problem is after about three rounds, you're done. OK, so the game on the box says it takes 45 minutes to play. Mm mm. 
It had three rounds, three or four rounds take 45 minutes to play. So here's here's how this works. If you've never played it before, it is a game about planting and trading beans. It says it takes 45 minutes to play, but the game ends after you've, quote unquote, exhausted the deck for the third time, which the means you have to go through the entire deck twice, three times. Um, how that can take 45 minutes when you still have to negotiate trades and plant your crops and grow and score points. I have no idea. So when we play Bonanza, we play through the deck once, mm-hmm. which does take about 45 minutes. Maybe we're doing something wrong. Maybe we're just thinking about it too much. Maybe you're just supposed to go. Oh, I got two cards. OK, it's I play also them down. really, really hard. When you play card games, you tend to want to move your cards in your hand. You cannot do that oh, in yeah. Bonanza. You have to yeah. keep them in the order that... First you, in, first oh out. Oh, God. It's so hard to do that. Yeah. And it sometimes forces you to take bad trade deals. Yeah. Which, it's which not supposed to be a super serious thing. game, but if you advertise that your game takes 45 minutes, but the only people that have played it are the people that made it, so you go, oh, it takes us about 45 minutes. Mm-mm. <laughs> I don't know, guys, but it doesn't take us 45 minutes to play. Mm-hmm. But it, it, you're right, Jondi. Um, every time I play it, I have fun. Yeah, we just never finish. Right, the game. We just, I never. We have fun, the game. and then we're like, okay, we're done. Like, all right, we're just gonna play through until the deck runs out once, and then not three more times, and yep. uh, then we're done, and then we're gonna play something different. Yep, great. But I, I, I don't know. There's a lot of games where I'm like, okay, this game is three times as long as it needs to be. Mm-hmm. At the point where it said to, like, full disclosure, I think that Scoville is a phenomenal game. It's great. It's it one is. of my favorites. But about halfway through the game, you reset a bunch of stuff, and it becomes like the afternoon phase. And you're just like, why didn't this game just end? Right. Now, about half the time that I play Scoville, we just say, like, hey, guys, we're only going to play the first phase of this game because we're just trying to experience this game and find out how it plays so I can teach it to you. And maybe you'll find out if you like it or not. Um, the other half of the time I'm like, all right, you've played this game before. Real talk. We're going to play. We're going to play through. It's, it's going to take us 20 seconds per turn because we know what we're doing. Unless you're playing with John D. Right. (laughs) Um, but that game is not colorblind friendly at all. It is not, which is not the point of this episode, but I just want to let you know, Scoville is a game about mixing peppers um, like crossbreeding peppers for a chili contest or something. I don't know. The theme doesn't matter because essentially you're blending colors like red and blue pepper makes a purple pepper. Surprise, surprise. Zero um, percent colorblind friendly. That is correct. What is this? What is this timeline? Is that the game that comes in a, like those, those the metal tins. cans where you just yeah. say, what year did this happen before yes. or after? <laughs> yes. Why do people like those, those games? Those games are fun like once. It's no, it's not even a game. It is a history l- yeah. lesson. It's a it's a hey, when did the last woolly mammoth go extinct before or after the pyramids were built? It's not a hard game to play unless you're stupid. Did this event occur between these two events or after these two? I mean, events? OK, no, I won't even I'll, let me let me reiterate. I mean, once. What year was the was the train invented? Was it before or after we went to the moon? Like, OK, it's easy to play at the beginning. It gets a little bit harder once you have several dates. Out. Right. But I don't understand why people like that game. It's not a game. It's an activity. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that there are points in the game. <laughs> not really. I, I don't know that you can score. 
I feel like I'm taking a test to mm-hmm. play the game. It's it's mm-hmm. not it's not a game. And they have so many different versions of it. And apparently it sells well or they wouldn't keep yeah. making it. So why do people like that game? What? I think Asmodee prints that now. So they don't actually care if a game is making money or not. But somebody else obviously was making money yeah. off of it. I mean, what? I don't, I just, I don't get it. it yeah, I don't think it's a game. I think you're right because it's just, I can it, see it uses using those it, tiny little cards. I can see using it as a teaching Tool. And you go, all right, let me draw a card. Oh, moon landing. Okay. Did the moon landing happen? In between these two cards or these two cards? So the cards on the board are... Dinosaur uni- extinction? Yeah, universe was created. Or, sorry, I shouldn't say created. Universe... Happened. Happened. I, whatever your belief system is, I don't care. Um, dinosaurs went extinct. Barack Obama elected president. Right. Like, hmm, where, where, does, this where does this card go? Like, oh, I, I put it before the dinosaurs. Guys, I lost. Like, it gets more difficult the more cards you have out there. And there's a bunch of different. Right. Because it, if it's like what happened. Um, all right. Women could vote. Martin Luther King assassinated. First airplane ride. Um, Titanic sank. Yeah, at that point you're like, okay, well, okay, it's a little tougher, but it's still not a game, right? It's it's a, it's a it's it's a school activity. Yeah, John D, what's your problem with Zombie Side? I mean, I know what your problem with Zombie Side is, but let's talk about your problem with Zombie Side. Well, first of all, it takes way too long to play. Yeah, uh huh. It takes way too much table space to play. Uh-huh. It takes way too much money to have enough pieces to actually play the game. Okay. Why didn't you just back the Kickstarter? Then you could have got, if you buy Zombieside at retail, it comes with five heroes. But if you buy it on Kickstarter, it comes with 47. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Let me go back in time and back the game. I hate when companies do that, when they lock core gameplay behind a Kickstarter exclusive thing. Like the Mega Man board game, arguably a bad game, whether you bought it on Kickstarter or retail. Yeah. But there were expansions that were exclusive to the Kickstarter, but they're mentioned in the retail rulebook. Oh, God, that's irritating. Like... Don't lock away core gameplay behind a timed thing like that. Like, and I know people love Zombie Side, and I, I do too. I don't. I backed the Space Zombie Side, but I'm gonna get rid of all of my regular Zombie Side because they fixed all of my problems with Zombie Side. In I've heard the Space ones. Better. The Space one, yes. They fixed combat rules, which uh Interestingly enough, the new official rules are the same ones that were proposed as homebrew rules on I mean, maybe C-Mon's I'll, give, maybe I'll give the space one a chance. Maybe. You're still going to hate it because it's I still going to take up the same amount of space, still take the same amount of I time. Don't, I don't understand. I think there's a lot of other games that are similar to Zombie Side that I just think are more fun to play. The reason that people like Zombie Side is because when you see it on a table with all of the miniatures out and there's like a hundred zombies. It looks really dang cool. Well, looking cool doesn't necessarily equal a great gaming experience. I do not disagree with you, but if I walked into a store and a game had an amazing table presence, I would stop and look at it. Well, sure. I wouldn't look at Bonanza. I'd be like, okay, it's a, it's got beans. Okay, whatever. Yeah. 
but, but look doesn't... at this game. Holy crap. It's all flashy and huge and That's there's tons true. of minis. Oh my God. What is that? I want to play that. But that isn't, I mean, people like the game because they claim it's this great gaming experience. And I just, I've never had that same experience when I've played the game. Sure. I mean, I've played the game several times now and it, it's just, it's always been meh for me. I've That's... never had this great experience where I'm just like, I have to own this game. I really love this game. I think it's a great game. I just find it very meh. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand why everybody thinks this is such this wonderful game. And I just, I don't see it. I think the reason that I enjoy playing Zombicide is because think of any pop culture character you can think of from TV or movies. There's probably a parody version of it in Zombicide. And how cool is it to see the dude from Big Lebowski fighting zombies? I mean, that's fun. It's fair. I just and, you know, I've given it several chances. Yes, I've played it several times. All right. Here's the team. You got Riddick. You've got the dude. And I don't know what their names are in Zombicide because they have all changed them. They have. You've got Ash from Evil Dead. You've got Leon, the professional. If you're playing a game with all four of those people, you're like, this is this is cool. Look, all these people are fighting zombies. But yes, your criticisms are not misplaced. The game does take a while to set up. It does take a while to play. Um, I just don't some of the find scenarios it, aren't as good as others. Yeah, I just don't find it to be some wowing, fun game experience. Sure. So there, there are a lot of other games that I would rather spend my time playing. Like Potion Explosion. I think you were just in a bad mood <laughs> when you played it, and. You know, cat, your girlfriend, not cat, the cat that's sitting next to you. And I were trying to explain the game to you and you were just grouchy. So you've never played it again. That's not true. You made me play it again at a different time. Have you played it a second mm-hmm. time? I think I've played it like four times now, but you made me play it again. And I specifically said, OK, I'll play it, but we're taking these these potions out of the game. I thought the potion, the po- the potions are supposed to be random. Right. But. But I um, vetoed that whenever we played it again. Yes, we did play it because you, you bought it and yours was like your marbles were crappy. Yes, And you had to get new marbles. Crappy. I have had And then you made marbles. me play it with your new marbles. Yep. And the, uh, the, the amazing custom made potion explosion exploder <laughs> brought to you by Daft Concepts. That's right. For the low price of whatever it costs, you can get your own amazing laser cut birch and wood glue potion explosion exploder. Do you like potion explosion, but hate that it comes in a dumb, crappy cardboard thing? Well, not anymore. Now you can get an amazing wooden one. And if you act now and use special promo code, what's that code, John D? Eat chip and dice 10. You can get 10% off your order. That's right, 10%. Wow! Go to daftconcepts.com today. That was a good intro. Um, but yeah, whenever you got that thing, you were like, all right, we got to play it again now. And I was like, all right, but we're not playing with, with these potions here. I really like the game. Uh, I think it's just Bejeweled. I, I can play that on my phone. It is not Bejeweled, but... I whatever. Um, <laughs> I really like Potion Explosion. I need to. I, I really want to get the expansion. I have not yet. 
Um, it adds new marbles. It so does. you'll have to get have more to get new marbles. marbles. Um, I actually want to get custom marbles. Any, well, not custom, but I want to get special marbles that are really pretty anyway. But um, I don't know, John D. I, I think it's just Bejeweled. It's just a, a phone app that has existed for 30 years. For 30 yeah, years? Yeah, that's what I said. Okay. Um, 1997 was 30 years ago. Oh, my God. Um, they did not have phone apps 30 years ago because we were using, like, bar phones and flip phones that did not have apps. And I didn't even have a phone 30 years ago. I don't even think we had, like, we had those big giant phones uh-huh. 30 years ago. Uh-huh. The Zach like, Morris phones. The, I was getting ready to say, like, the Zach Morris yeah. phones. Anyway, um... I think Potion Explosion is really good. I mean, it's not like one of those super like, oh, my God, I can't believe nobody ever invented this game. Before right. Because games. they did. Oh, my God. It's not. <laughs> I don't know. I just. I get how it works. I understand. I just. Let me see if I can articulate this correctly. Um, I think that it's a very nice looking game. I think that it's a very cool mechanic the way that you have a 3D thing and the marbles come down and you have to kind of manipulate them in a bejeweled style way so that they explode bejeweled style. Um, But if I'm going to go through all that effort, I'm just going to play bejeweled on my phone. The only phone app I've ever played is Pokemon Go. So maybe I'm not the best person to speak of phone apps. I was going to say it's it's. The only part of it that's similar to Bejeweled is the actual marble part. The yeah. rest of it is very different than Well, Bejeweled. then it's just a set collection game with marbles. Okay, so you're mixing two different things. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, if you want to make that argument, then all games are mixtures of other games. Not all games. Okay, 90% of games are mixtures of other games and other mechanics. I mean, it's very hard to come up with anything completely original. What about Pretty Pretty Princess? Which is right there. I can't even believe you have that. I think yeah. it's hilarious. Yeah. Okay. Well, we got time for a couple more. Yeah. So Mage Wars. Uh-huh. Mage Wars isn't as super popular now, but when it came out, it was it was pretty popular. Yeah. Yeah. It had organized play. It did. I mean, Arcane Wonders was hardcore pushing that. They were. Well, it was their only game. Yeah. Like that. They, they banked their company on that game. Now they and have Sheriff of Nottingham and some other game that I don't know what it's called. Uh, Onitama is them. Oh, I like I like that game a lot. Um, but I can't. I don't know what it, it's got. Cups. It's got cups, like little plastic cups. And if you bought it at Gen Con, you got yellow ones that were supposed to be gold. I don't know what it's called. I can't remember off yeah, the top of my head. But but yeah, I mean, but if they, you're out there listening and you know what this game's called, I mean, they launched their entire company on Mage Wars, and you know, I'm not going to say it's a bad game. You and I actually tried to make ourselves get into it oh i um, was into it i have like the special you could only get it from tournaments uh, carrying case that all of my spell books and cards are in i mean i tried really hard to get it. i've got two copies of it. i have the, the neoprene mat and i don't dislike I have the, the upgraded game. life it's a really board. it's a really cool game um it's just so hard to really get into it like well, it's like any collectible card game, except it wasn't collectible. Right. Um, I mean, you, you still had the put together your deck ahead of time thing, except it was yeah. a spell book instead of a deck. Right. And the spell book thing was it was really. Um, 
it was really different at the time. Yeah. Like, I really thought yeah. that was a nice approach to the whole, you know, collectible, not collectible card game thing. Um, I mean, the game was really cool. And I remember I saw it the year before they released it when they were demoing it. It was Gen very Con. unbalanced, though. It was. Looking at you, Beastmaster. Um, the game had a lot of problems that... It took them a while to really fix those problems. And I think by the time they fixed them, it just, uh, I think it, was, it wasn't until they really came out with Arena that yeah. they fixed Ac- the problems. No. Academy? Academy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it t- so it really took them a while to fix the problems. And I think by the time they fixed the problems, it was just kind of. Like half of the people playing it had stopped. Yeah. Um, what? Look at this. So. <laughs> Look at this. I mean, that's kind of why I wanted to mention mention the game, because I don't it kind of baffles me how the game gained the popularity popularity it did, other than the fact that it was a really cool game and it had some really cool originality. And I just want to say kudos, like awesome marketing is really what pushed, you know, awesome art and awesome marketing is really what pushed a game that had some major issues. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it did. It did. <laughs> it was not balanced at all. No, like. It's baffling that it made it as far as it did, other than they just did a great job marketing a, a fairly not prepared for, you know, mass. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It had a lot of tournament play. Had, it did. I had but organized it play. wasn't ready for that. But, you know, and, and maybe this is just me being bad at the game, but I played Beastmaster because I felt like that was the most underpowered out of the original few sets. And my whole goal was to make Beastmaster a thing. And it never really worked. So maybe I was just bad at the game. Maybe the game was just bad. Not bad. Because I had no, a lot of fun I mean, with it. I mean, it was a cool game. I spent a lot of money on that game. And I had fun playing it. I've but... probably got 16 spell books in there made up of all the different characters and stuff. Right. Because I bought a lot of that game. It was a cool game. I enjoyed playing it. But it was just... It had a lot of problems. And... You know, I'm surprised it stuck around as long as it did. Um, and then I guess I guess we should talk about Star Realms. It's just another deck builder that is, it, you know, it got popular. And I just wonder if it only got popular because it was so cheap. Um. So, OK, so if you bought a box of Star Realms, it was like 20 bucks. It was enough for two players. Yep. But you could buy up to three of them and have. A six-player game with drafting and deck building. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a lot going on there. There was, yeah. I mean, that game was really hard to keep in stock at almost every single store that had it. Yeah, and, you know, the price point was a really... I mean, it was a big selling point for the game. I almost bought it when they showed it to me at Origins, and then I was like... Eh. It's a cool deck builder, but then there's a lot of deck builders that are cooler, and I probably won't play it that much. Y- y- sure. So I ended up passing on it because I was like, I have. They were selling it for fifteen bucks when they showed it to me. Well, and I maybe was it's like, fifteen. I, I don't know. I remember it has thinking, an app version. Yeah, the app version I've played several times. Uh, I actually played the app version a lot because the app version, you know, it's an app, so you can play it when you're just sitting around doing nothing, and. I like Hero Realms, which is the same game by the same company. I like Cthulhu. I like Cthulhu Realms yeah. better. 
why did they retheme this game so many times? I don't know. Cthulhu Realms is actually, I think it fixes some of the broken things in Star Realms. But but that didn't really answer my question about why I don't there's... Know. Because it was such a popular game, so... Same with Love Letter, I guess. Why I is guess. there so many Why is there so many different versions of Munchkin? I don't know. Um, yeah. I don't know. That's that's weird. But, but yeah, um, Cthulhu Realms has a really bad... Not bad, but like a lower score. By quite a bit lower. Star Realms is a 7.6. Cthulhu is a 6.8. Yeah. Uh, Heroes is like is the highest rated among them. It's like 7.8 or 7.7, depending on what it is whenever you go look at it right now. Which is weird because they're all pretty much the same game. They are very similar. They do have some changes here and there. Well, they do, definitely. I and mean, Cthulhu Realms was published by a different company. It was. TMG. Tasty Minstrel, yeah. yeah. Uh, versus White Wizard Games. Right. And I don't understand why they did that, but I'm sure there was some kind of contract signed at some point. So I don't know. It, it, I, as a joke, entered a tournament for that game at Gen Con because you could get like a promo card if you if you entered. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, sure, sure. I, the very first game that I sat down and played against some guy. He was like, hey, I have only I only just started playing this game like last week. And I was like, cool, man, I've only played this game like twice. I just want the promo card. And he was like, all right, cool. And he had a bazillion combos going on. So it's not like it's a hard to learn game. It's also quite possible that he'd been playing those style games. He for may a have been playing time. magic for a very long time. Yeah. Because at its core, it's and this is not this is not don't put this don't quote this on on the box. It's Magic the Gathering in space. Oh, yeah, it really is. <laughs> I mean, it's a deck builder, but it's also Magic the Gathering. It has a lot of similarities. It does. It's it's like a cross between Magic the Gathering, Dominion, but in space. It does have a lot of those similarities. Because, I mean, you have a life total. The way that you win is that you take your opponent's life total to zero. And the way that you do that is you do deck building and then attack the other players. So mm-hmm. if they have defenses laid out, such as creatures and magic, um, you can attack either their creatures or bypass them and attack their life points directly. But at that point, why don't you just play like, I don't know. I'm not big into Magic the Gathering, but I don't know. For me, Star Realms kind of it's a game that exists. It's fun with the right people. But is it my favorite game? No, no, definitely not. Definitely not. Yeah. Speaking of things that aren't my favorite thing ever. And in our fact, um, disgusting things that are really <laughs> gross. What's our recipe? Well, so I wanted to do a recipe that was something that maybe that no one would eat. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, I want to do something maybe a lot of people like, but then equally you hear a lot of people say, no, I don't like this thought it would go with with the theme of the day. So um, I really like mushrooms, but both Jared and my husband really don't like mushrooms. So um, I went with a fairly easy recipe from Kraft. So it's not my recipe, but um, of how to make easy stuffed mushrooms. And it is a really, um, really simple recipe. So 
Um, it only has a few ingredients. Um, so you use, you actually use a uh, stovetop stuff, stuffing and uh, mushrooms, of course. And Jared probably thinks stovetop stuffing is gross too. Mm, what is that? Like stuffing that you use at like Thanksgiving. Uh-huh. Okay. Dressing as some people call it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I don't, I don't call it that, but, but yes, yeah, some people do. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you use stovetop stuffing and, you know, mushrooms and butter or margarine and chopped green peppers and that's it. And yeah, you stuff it all in your mushrooms and it's really easy. And if you like mushrooms, it's very tasty. If you don't like mushrooms, then it's pretty gross. Yeah. There you go. We'll have that on our website. If John D remembers to actually put it on the website. Um, so Kickstarter, Kickstarter, this is pretty cool. Uh, maybe a year ago, not last Gen Con, but the Gen Con before that. It was the last, was the last Gen, Gen Con. Con. Yeah. Okay. Well, we were shown a game uh, from what Independent Game Alliance, Indie Game Alliance. What's what's the actual name of? Wait a minute. Are you talking about Sparkle King? Yeah. What's I, what's the IGA's actual name? Is the it Indie Game Indie Alliance? Indie Game Alliance. Okay. So a member of, I just call it IGA, and I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. But, okay, so th- there's a thing called Indie Game Alliance where a bunch of, like, small, no-name publishers essentially, like, team up. Um, you know, booths at these gaming conventions are extremely expensive. Is AdMagic part of the Indie Game Alliance? Uh, I don't know, but... The the guy the i the guy that like the IGA guy oh it's Breaking Bad not Breaking Bad jeez Breaking Games made Sparkle Kitty not okay. Ad Magic they made Ad Magic Ad Magic printed it for them I believe right and Breaking Games the guy are. the guy that is the owner like the main guy at Breaking Games is also the CEO of Ad Magic okay. But they're different companies. Right. So AdMagic is a printing company that prints small print run card games versus someone like Panda, which is a full production house or whatever. Anyway, the point is, there's this little game called Sparkle Kitty. It's out now. You can get it. An expansion for it. Breaking Games is part of the Indie Game Alliance. Yes, there you go. You you double checked just so to make sure I wasn't just saying things that weren't true. Oh, well, I just wanted to double check, um, and they yes. are. They're on their website. Well, anyway, Sparkle Kitty has an expansion called Sparkle Kitty Nights. It has a new box. It has some new cards. It has. Would you like to tell us about what Sparkle Kitty? I mean, what is Sparkle Kitty? Um. Sparkle Kitty is a it's it's sort of a party game where you use magic words to build a tower. Uh, it has nothing to do with kitties, really, but it's <laughs> no, but it has a cute kitty on um, the box. You know, there's princesses involved because it's like a princess tower. Um, it's it's a filler game. It's a yeah. it's party filler game. It's a goofy. I mean, when I originally bought the game, I bought it because it had the word sparkle and kitty. Yes. On it. So it's not like a super heavy, serious game or anything like that. Um, 
but they're doing a Kickstarter for this expansion. For, I'm not sure why they are doing it, but there they are. Um, this some, one says it's saucy. Yes. Um, there are some, and I don't know how this works, there's some adult some adult words. Um, as a reward on this expansion Kickstarter, you can get the original game in a new box that's only available in this Kickstarter. There's also the Tabletop Day exclusive deck. So not really, <laughs> not an exclusive, I guess. They but, probably had some left over that they were like, we'll just toss oh, it in the Kickstarter. Okay. I was going to say they kind of missed Tabletop yes, Day. Yes, yes. Um, there's uh, a new promo pack that has a couple of new princesses in it. One of them's a doctor. Um, so yeah, for $19, you can get the regular game for 34. You can get the original game, the original sparkle kitty plus the, all the promo packs and stuff. And then for $34 as a second, different $34, you can get the original game and the new game. And then there's a level for $69. That's all of that all together. Right. But if you already have Sparkle Kitty, then right, then you can just get just, just the new nineteen bucks, and yeah. you get, um, you just get the game. It's already super overfunded. Yeah, yeah. So you're gonna get the game. It's, it's like absolutely coming out. Yeah. It's like, mm, let's see, fifty times overfunded. <laughs> That's not the right math, but um, it's 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 quite a bit overfunded. Yeah. But yes, and there's. I don't know. I think it's a it's a really goofy party game where you just kind of lay down magic words like a spell. So real talk here, though. I have Sparkle Kitty. Yes. I've not even opened it. Right. I will buy this game. Yeah. May never open it. OK. But I but I'll buy it because it has the word kitty and it has the word sparkle and yes. the art is really cute. Um, yes, I am one of those people that will be suckered into games like this because it's cute. And I'm not ashamed of that. Well, there you go. So you can um, find a link to that on the episode notes. You need to leave that box alone. Again, he's talking to the cat. All right, Jondi. Well, uh, I think that'll about wrap it up. I have to go get some Japanese food for dinner. So until next time. You can eat chit and dice. Yeah, you can. Well, good night, everybody. Chit and Dice is an independent production of Swin Media and is distributed under a Creative Commons license, attribution, non-commercial, share alike, 4.0, international.